0: This creature from the dirt defied the everlasting holy God. God, for the glory of his name, is
1: reconciling and reclaiming all things to himself. He's just yearning
0: for you. He's longing for you. He wants friendship and relationship with you. He needs you. Oh, you're breaking his heart. No, he's going to break you. Self esteem that is a satanic idea. You're not as important as you think you are. This, like when you say, I I just can't believe in a God that would, you realize it doesn't matter. You don't get to define God. This is what's wrong with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is. Give us a man who know the truth. One man, Jew and
2: Gentile, bond and free. One, there is no race in Christ Jesus. Oh, how a man needs to of God, that that man might cling to his word. Give us some preachers who aren't tripping over their skirt to get
0: into the pulpit. What's wrong with you people?
2: Welcome to another episode of Matter of Theology. Here we go, part four of yeah. our romans 11
0: we're uh, cooking we're
2: cooking we're moving right along man moving right along today what if we end up having more
1: parts than there are verses that that's what martin Lloyd jones did I mean, uh, yeah i was at, gonna say then it's a john I mean,
0: mccarthy <laughs> yeah i know right How <laughs> are you ragging on mac
1: today man oh no i'm not ragging on the mac the big mac the big mac <laughs>
2: super great <laughs> ragging, ragging on my man, man. <laughs> but today uh. we are going to cover verses 13 through what, 17? 13 what to 17 13 through 17 yeah 13 yeah. through 17 so hope you have your bibles uh if not if you're driving well then just listen and enjoy soak in soak in the knowledge
0: the That's word right. of god brings Soak it in. So, uh, so a couple things, uh, before we, we, we dive in, uh, I want to read, uh, 11 through 17, because it all kind of goes together and just do a quick, just a key, quick recap of what we talked about last time. And then just in, in some additional study that I ended up doing, um, I actually, that there were some, some more things that, uh, that I feel like the the Lord uh, led me to as far as in verse 12 that I want to talk about that leads into 13 through 17. Uh, So, but here is the text uh, starting in verse 11 says, I say then, they did not stumble. So as to fall, did they may it never be, but their transgression, uh, but by their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make them jealous. Now, if their transgression is riches for the world and their failure is riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their fulfillment be? But I am speaking to you who are Gentiles. Inasmuch then, I as I am an apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry. If somehow I might move to jealousy my fellow countrymen and save some of them, for if their rejection is the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? if the first piece of the dough is holy the lump is also and if the root is holy the branches are too but if some of the branches were broken off and you being a being a wild olive were grafted in among them and became part partaker with them of the rich root of the olive tree so uh, just a real quick recap of last time so when we were uh, walking through uh, walking through verses 11 and 12 um, when we talked about Paul saying again I say then they did not stumble so as to fall yes they stumbled yes they rejected the Messiah yes they uh, they crucified their Messiah um, but their fall is not permanent God still has a plan for them and is still using them in spite of their stumbling. Um, and so so Paul's saying again, he's starting with that rhetorical question um that that implies that negative answer, and he says, May it never be impossible, no, unthinkable, no, 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 a thousand times no." But by their trespasses, their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make them jealous. Right. And that's a neg- Typically, ne- jealousy is a negative thing, but it starts there and it's intended to move to the positive and to move them to to want and desire the blessings of being grafted in. And so, verse twelve. Now, if their transgression, of course, there, there is the bulk of the nation Israel. If their transgression and trespasses is is riches or wealth for the world, and that world there, the Greek is cosmos, um, which is it's the ordered universe, uh, is what that translates into. If their failure, their loss, their defect is riches for the Gentiles. How much more will their fulfillment be? Now, something that I was studying this week and, 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 and got me was the word fulfillment. Um, and, and this is pleroma. And then this again is one of those passive verbs, meaning that it requires an outside source. Okay. Just like the hardening, the blinding that we see in verses previous, that it's an outside source that completes it. Um, and so, and, and of course we all know who that outside source is. That is God himself. He is the one who completes the fulfillment for any of us, uh, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Uh, so all who are lost are brought into fulfillment, um, uh, in Christ, of course, by the working of the Holy spirit through the power of the gospel of our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. So that was just a, a quick recap. And those are just a few of the things, uh, the word fulfillment. I, I got stuck on that, uh, this week in a, in, in a good way. And, um, uh, and so just, just wanted to share that with, uh, with anybody who listens. And, um, uh, and so now we move on to, uh, to verse 13. Um, and, uh, and, and before we do that, I'll, I'll pause fellows. You got anything to throw in there?
2: No, keep going
0: cool go for it man. all right so do the thing
2: um
0: <laughs> so one of one of uh one of the key thoughts about this and again this whole section of scripture we have to remember the point the context uh it's about the one who's doing the saving uh and and ultimately like big picture it's about the one who is doing the saving and then it drills down to who we're talking about here is the nation Israel what God has done through his chosen nation um and and what will come of his chosen nation um so verse 13 he says but i am speaking to you who are gentiles inasmuch then as i am an apostle of the gentiles i magnify my ministry okay uh so so that, paul is reminding everyone here that he was called by god even though he was a Jew himself, he is called by God as the apostle to the Gentiles. And some cross-references there, uh, just for time's sake, we're not going to dive into all of those tonight, but if you are taking notes or if you do want to go back and listen to this again and you hear this, Acts 18, 6, Acts 22, 21, Acts 26, uh, 17 through 18, Ephesians 3, 8, 1 Timothy 2, 7 are just a few places where Paul talks about that. Um, So he is magnifying the ministry that God has given him. And remember that Mm -hmm. second Corinthians four says that, but we have this ministry by the mercy of God. Any ministry that we have is by God's mercy. And ultimately he, he elevates us to that position of having that ministry, whether it's uh, for us as husbands, our wives and our families um, or positions in ministry, uh, or if he needs to He will remove you uh, from those uh, uh, from those (laughs) Um, as as you know, for for multiple reasons. And the first and foremost, though, the first reason being for the purity of his bride and the purity of the church. Uh, and then and then, secondly, and right there, um, I, I mean, it's, it's hard to say first and second because we are his adopted children. He does love us. He does care about us. Our identity is found in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, scripture says that when he disciplines, he disciplines because he loves, um, but he will do that in order to protect us, to sanctify us, to grow us, to discipline us, to lead us to repentance as well. Mm-hmm. Um, believe me, he'll do that. Uh, but I, I, I wrote this down in my notes, and this is something that I circled like three times after I wrote it. I said, God works through any and everything. No obstacle will stand in his way. And this section of scripture is proof of that, that, that God here is using the apostasy, the, the rejection, the outright rebellion of the people that were supposed to get it above all. Uh, he uses that, uses that to save the world. To save those who were, as the Jews looked at the at the Gentiles, those who were outside of the covenant uh, of the Lord, those who weren't uh, of of the chosen nation, the chosen uh, dare I say race or ethnicity, um, and, yeah. and, and 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 he. Yeah, 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 and, and, and Paul addresses that later. Uh, and mm-hmm. the reason that we're stopping at verse seventeen is because uh, I, I wanted to. I felt like we needed to do some more prep before we launched into verses eighteen through twenty-four because there's a sure. lot there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so th- there's a lot there uh, mm-hmm. that I think is applicable for today, um, especially with what we see going on in the evangelical world. So, uh, so so here Paul is is reminding uh, the Gentiles here that that he is given this ministry. He has given this title as an apostle to the Gentiles. Um, and, 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 and just to be clear, Paul is, is, is laying it out saying, Hey, here, here's who I'm talking to. I am talking to the Gentiles. Uh, I am talking to you. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. And, and, and he kind of reiterates the points that he made in verses 11 and 12. Uh, he, he repeats them uh, and he doesn't do so he wasn't i forget the name of the type of teaching now I, I read it um in studying for previous episodes but he's not doing it just to be repetitive just because he doesn't have anything else to say mm-hmm. like there's a point to this he is he is driving home uh the point to the, the to point out that he uh that, that through the failure of the israelites salvation has come to the gentiles and to the world um and um, and then he, he he hits it again, because what he's going to get into at the end of this section um, deals with um, a sort of anti-Semitism that was starting to go on. The roles were starting to reverse mm-hmm. um, to where the Gentiles were looking at the Jews were like, yeah, you guys were the one that rejected. Yes, uh, right. Now we right. are the chosen ones, you know, and um and so he he's he's writing this again, right? He's saying, you know, verse fourteen, um, if somehow I might move to jealousy, my fellow countrymen or kinsmen, yeah, and save some of them. So and 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 remember, Paul is an apostle to the Gentiles. Right. He he is. He has established that. Right. I just listed multiple passages of scripture where where he he clearly states that. But we have to also remember what he said uh, about about Israel. Check out check out Romans nine. Okay, just flip one page back, typically in most Bibles. Um, And uh, so uh, chapter nine, verses three and four. Check out the language that Paul uses here. For I could wish that I myself were accursed, separated from Christ for the sake of my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. And just, just in case you don't know who that is, in verse four, he says, who are Israelites? Mm-hmm. To whom belongs the adoption as sons and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the temple service and the promises? And I'm gonna keep going, verse five. Um, whose are the fathers, and from whom is the Christ, according to the flesh, who is over all. God blessed forever. Amen. Mm-hmm. So, and, and then he, he mentions it again in, in Romans 10:1 Brethren, my heart's desire and my prayer to God is for uh for them, and the them is his nation, that his kinsmen, his countrymen. Right. And so he says here in 11, 14, back to Romans 11, if somehow I might move to jealousy, like there's, there's a, there's a, there's a tone of, of, of desperation almost like I, I, I have to communicate this. These are my countrymen. These are my kinsmen. I want them to be saved. I wish myself to be damned and cursed on my way to hell without Christ that they may be saved. Now, the question is
2: Is that how we act with our kinsmen? Exactly. Is that how, do, you, you know, the, the, and I'm, I'm going to broaden it, not just those who are in our family, but those, those, L, those others who are made in the image of God. Do we have right, the same clearly, yeah. desperation yep. for, mm. for their soul to be saved as the Apostle Paul did for the Israelites? Because we should. Yeah. We shouldn't. We shouldn't wish anyone perish. We should wish all come to a saving knowledge of of right. the Lord Jesus Christ. But, well, but okay. do we? And if we don't, why don't we?
0: Okay. So so let me let me let me let me piggyback on that for a second because you're absolutely right. You know, and yeah, Drew, you you and I were talking. Um, was it was it last time about Christian liberty? Yeah. Yeah. What was it last episode? Okay. So when we were talking about Christian liberty and, and freedom and, and language and, and, uh, how to use, you know, th- th- there's a biblical way to use profanity answering a fool in his folly. And, uh, w- w- yeah, yeah. We talked about that last time. So, uh, you know, I- I'll say this. Um, and by the way, do you guys ever go back and listen to podcasts and and, and pick up on those little sayings that you guys have? <laughs> Mine are interesting. What's interesting. And uh, let me say this. And yeah. like, so when I say it, I'm like, oh gosh, why'd you say it again? <laughs> uh, so so anyway, um, <clears throat> when you are using language to insult, <clears throat> when you call somebody a name, uh, I was listening to a and a at the master's university and one of the teachers there, she, uh, she, she, she taught like culture philosophy and, and she was actually talking about the, the history of profanity and how it's always typically body parts that are used or the, the waste that comes out of the human body that's used as profanity um, and how degrading it is. But I personally think that one of the most degrading and, and, and an insult you should never say to anyone is go to hell. Like when you stop and think about that, when you truly stop and think about what you just said to someone and just go, wow, think about what that means. You just told that person, made in the image of God, whom God does desire to be saved, even though he may he or she may not be of the elect and, and may be... Uh, predestined for uh reprobation right but but you
1: don't know that well and 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 let's let's take it a step further and step a little bit more into the uncomfortable of that of that realization Mm. Uh, linking that to reasons that we don't uh, or or yeah yeah reasons that that we don't share the gospel right, with right. our with our kinsmen right I heard a sermon this Sunday the guy was talking about some of the reasons that we will put over um, sharing the gospel with people that need it whether it's our our desire to look a certain way um, legalism mm-hmm. or Phariseeism holding. Uh, fences that we've put around the law higher than the unity that we can have in Christ. And, and there's, there's so many things that we will put in front of showing Christ to another individual. And when we do that, we are telling them go to hell. Mm -hmm. Right. When we refuse to share Christ with somebody in either word or deed Mm. actions as well, it is the same as you telling them, I don't care about your soul. Right. Go to hell. Yeah. Right. Wow. Like let's, let's, let's take it to the conclusion, right? Let's, let's, uh, let's get uncomfortable with it. Cause that's,
2: that's what we're saying. Man, that's a good, that's a good observation. That's, that is a hard truth. Yeah. And then, I mean, and how often without, without thinking about it in our everyday lives, how often do we tell that to people?
1: Right. Right. Mm. Yeah. 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 And it's you know it's interesting that it, you know in our cult, culture today you know go to hell is is among the very, the very least of the profanity. Right. Right. Mm. You can still have a G rated or a PG rated movie and have that in there. But yeah, if yeah, we're actually going to observe and go to to like what what is it that we are saying? Right. Uh, you're right, Chris. It is a very it is an insult that Christians shouldn't say because that should literally okay. be the last desire in a christian's heart and mind is that a soul should go to hell there should be no desire that is
0: that is below that Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, that's right wholeheartedly wholeheartedly agree uh with that and i mean and, and think about think about it from paul's point of view you know what he was seeing and what uh I mean, just the outlandish things that I'm, I, I mean, and, and he documents some of that, right? I mean, you look at the, the, the people who were worshiping the, the, the throne of, uh, to the own, unknown God. Uh, when you look at the, the, now, now as far as the people in Corinth, they were Gentiles or were, were there Jews there? And I'm gen- genuinely asking, I'm not sure. My my knowledge is that they were all Gentiles. There
1: might have been Jews mixed in with them, but I'm my my knowledge was primarily to, to Gentiles.
0: Right. Well, so when you when you think about everything that Paul was seeing, and well, I mean, look at look at the, who he was writing to. Right. When we did when we walked through Romans one, we talked about that. We talked about how what was going on in Rome. I mean, this was the and I think Nick even said at the time, like this was the very edge of hell. Um mm-hmm. for the paganism. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Everything that was what'd you say? It was basically Seattle. <laughs> nice. Uh, lived Rome, guys. I, I live there. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um so, uh, yeah, I mean, he's th- th- there's so much zeal there, right, for Paul and and uh, and even uh, we've talked about this before in previous episodes uh, concerning this chapter of scripture, um, how the Gentiles were were or not, not the Gentiles, the Jews were uh, zealous for knowledge, they were zealous for righteousness, uh, but they were doing so. Romans ten says, uh, with, not according to knowledge, not according to the scriptures, not according to grace alone. So. So Paul is 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 just just driving this point home that he wants to move them to jealousy, um, and then in verse fifteen he really really starts to unpack this and and and, and unpacks why, um, uh, all while reiterating the point. Uh, verse fifteen says that, for if their rejection is the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? So. Rejection, there again, is that word that means casting away. They were enemies, right? Uh, their rejection made them enemies. Um, is the reconciliation, the bringing together, the gospel came through their rejection of the Lord um, to the world. Okay, of the world, the 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 believing world, the 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 Gentile elect, all of the elect. Um, what will there again? We see the word, and this is why studying Scripture slowly is very important. Because you just read over this verse and go, "Oh yeah, rejection, reconciliation." There's some big things there, but again, in in the terms of context, what will their acceptance be? But life from the dead. There is the nation, the the elect remnant inside the elect nation of israel okay so what will their acceptance be their the the gospel that when when their eyes are opened um they see their need for the savior and again isaiah 53 details out what they will see what they will say Mm -hmm. um uh and 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 what will it be for them but life from the dead and 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 this is this is spiritual resurrection here this is similar uh all the commentaries that I read uh, detailed out um, detailed out the, uh, and, and referenced Ezekiel 37, the vision of the valley of dry bones.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and when you read that, it gives, uh, I mean, th- this is an, an amazing passage of scripture, and I'm just going to read uh, the first uh, few verses. Um, but Ezekiel 37 says, the hand of the Lord was upon me. And he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. He caused me to pass among them round about, and behold, there were, there were very many on the surface of the valley. And lo, they were very dry. They were dead. They were, they were done, dry, nothing on them at all. Right. And uh, verse 3, he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. And again, he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. Behold, I will cause breath to enter you that you may come to life. Hmm. I will put sinews on you and make flesh grow back on you, cover you with skin and put breath in you that you may come alive and you will know that I am the Lord. Hmm. So I prophesied. As I was commanded, and I prophesied, and there were noise, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone, and I looked, and behold, sinews were on them, and flesh grew, and skin covered them, but there was no breath into them. And then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may come to life. And that's exactly what happened.
1: Look at that, man. I mean, what a perfect picture of oh. an election. Right? right. Like, yes. Like, like, yes. How, can, how can you read that and think, oh, well, and somewhere in there, the bones decided to live? Right. Right? <laughs> right? Like, just be like that is like the, that uh, Jesus raising Lazarus, right? It is, it is such a perfect picture yeah. of. Our condition before Christ, Amen. God's holiness, and then God's supreme ultimate power over life, over our salvation, over everything, and he will sovereignly orchestrate. And what's cool about that is in that as well, you see he uses means to do it. That's right, that's right. He used Ezekiel as the means that his word went forth. It wasn't Ezekiel's right. power. It was the power found in the word of God that the Lord used yeah. Ezekiel to say. And that's that is right. the responsibility of all Christians and that's what Paul's saying here is look, uh, this is what I'm telling you. He's screaming to the dry bones and the dry that's bones right. behind him so they can see, look at that's what right. the Lord has for you. Look at what the Lord mm-hmm. has done. Right? Uh, and it's so it's just it's such a perfect perfect picture.
0: Yeah, yeah, it really is, man. It's, I mean, and, and I love again. I love scripture, and I love how specific dry bones, yeah. dry, yeah, dry, rotted, not, not just bones,
1: like it's it yeah.
0: to the point of powdery. Nothing like they're, they're done, yeah. it's completely right. dead, void of any type of life. Right. So yep. what Paul is saying, it, with that in mind, what Paul is saying here, if Israel's rejection. It brings salvation to the elect world, to the Gentile world, how much more will their acceptance end up being? How much more is God going to do when that elect remnant in Israel is saved? Wow. Yep. Yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah, well, I mean it's, going, it's going to be the culmination of promises
1: that he did make. That's right church yes. in the nation of Israel yes. during the time of Abraham, right? They, they are going to see finally the realization of the promise in the garden that the head of the serpent has been crushed. Your old being, the sin that you have been placed under because of your father, Adam, has been destroyed and demolished. Mm, yeah. and now come in and see the realization, the ultimate picture of that covenant promise that God gave with you. Like, yeah. look at the big picture now. Look at what yeah. God has done. It's going to be an amazing day.
0: Well, and I, and I tell you what, boys, that like, that that's something else. That in studying this, you know, we we've said multiple times, right? Thomas Watson saying, "Scripture like a diamond cuts a diamond." Scripture interpret scripture. There have been so many times that I'm reading and studying this, and and something else will pop into my head. Uh, from from scripture um uh you know uh just just stories of reconciliation uh, just my, my studies specifically of isaiah 53 uh this year i mean I, I i took a long time studying that specific chapter and so reading this and then remembering back I, I keep referring back to isaiah 53 because that's what it is i mean that's that's israel's confession that's all of our confessions ultimately about who christ is and the gospel but in context in prophecy that's that was written from that point of view, um, so it, it, it's it's amazing. It, it is. Um, I love the way Scripture comes together, and it just that's why it behooves me when people are like, "The Bible contradicts itself," and I'm like, "No, no, no. The fact is, you're dead. You are yeah. dead in trespasses yeah. and sin. This is foolishness to you. That's why you think that." Yeah. Uh, of course, I don't say that to them, but <laughs> that's not the way to evangelize that person. Well,
2: I mean, even in that, there's for some reason. Believers think we have to get on that level. We have to reject the inspiration of scripture and we have to argue as though the Bible could possibly contradict itself. Right. No. no, because one thing, I, I mean, think about when Christ appeared. On the road to Emmaus, what did he do? He opened their eyes to understand right. the scriptures. So there's a spiritual aspect that comes to understanding the scriptures that That's you right. can only understand if you have the Holy Spirit Amen. in you, leading and guiding you. So yep. when someone calls out a contradiction, now on the surface, it may appear as such. But when you actually dig deep, you realize it's not a contradiction.
0: No. Nope. No matter what, no, it's a, it's like the whole, the whole conversation of uh, James, right? James saying that, that faith, uh, faith without works is dead, and and if you, um, people try to say that that's not clear, that that's that's there are people in the Roman Catholic world that try to use that as as a support and a proof text for works based salvation. Right. Uh, when when you, you you can't do that, you have to uh, again. I mean, it's clear in Scripture, uh, in multiple places that that's not the case, and James is clear, in my opinion. Per- perfectly clear uh, uh, uh about that but no no scripture scripture works together uh it absolutely does and and the more yeah. you study it and let it study you and i've said this multiple times this is what part is this four now of romans 11 mm-hmm. ag is this this is part yep. four i've cool. said it every time and i'll continue to say it uh, i've been studying this passage of scripture when did we first talk about doing this man Golly, it, man October, month, two, yeah, maybe? two two months ago now. So mm-hmm. I, I've been studying this, and I'm just now in verse seventeen in two months, mm-hmm. and the Lord is working on me through Romans chapter eleven. Mm-hmm. That doesn't even
2: right. That do, yeah. a, a, a chapter that really doesn't even on the surface appear to be about you, but about Israel, right. correct? And it's working on you.
0: Cor- correct, correct, correct. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Well,
2: well and so that's, but, that's because the word is alive. Yep.
1: Uh, It's a good word, dude. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. It's not a dead thing. It's not a dead textbook that you can master in an afternoon, right? The truths that we find in scripture have been breathed out by God himself, and they are just as deep and just eternal as the one who spoke them, right? So, to those that feel as if they need to use something other than scripture, like, why are you hamstringing the horse? right like what i mean why why are you going into the field into fight the battle without bullets right True. because the only other option that you have if you don't have god's word is your own yeah and my words won't save anybody no right? no right? my no. words will no. just condemn my words no. will give a That's false right. picture i need That's scripture right. because right. i need god and you yeah. cannot mm-hmm. separate god's word from himself yeah. if you say that scripture is not reliable God is not reliable. That's right.
2: Yeah, we don't need we don't need a fresh revelation because the revelation we have in scripture is more than we can comprehend in a thousand lifetimes.
1: Right, Spurgeon yeah. Spurgeon speaking yeah. about scripture he says no one ever out, outgrows scripture. It widens and deepens with age. That's right. The older right. that well, I the more I realize I don't know about it.
0: So let me let me read this. Uh, uh, my, my brother Daryl Harrison uh, posted this on Twitter today, and, and I retweeted it with a comment, and, uh, and 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 stepped on a few toes, evidently. Um, but he said this he, the, quote: "In the evangelical church today, and the, these these are bullet points. Hell is a myth. Sin is subjective. Moralism equals salvation. The narrow road is widening. Tone determines truth. Sanctification is optional." God's love mitigates his wrath. Tribalism is trendy. Orthodoxy is offensive. Hashtag now watch what happens. So, so I, uh, I retweeted that with the comment, this list shows on behalf of the, quote, evangelical church, close quote, at best, and ignorance too, and lazy hermeneutics, and at worst, a wholehearted denial of the complete sufficiency of scripture. Well, and that's always where it and, starts. Absolutely, that, that's absolutely where it starts, and uh, and and it's you know, and the the, the some of the comments that uh, that I ended up getting uh, from people is like, "Well, was it wrong to throw everybody into the hat?" It's like, "Well, I didn't throw everybody into the hat, and neither did Daryl." Read it again.
1: Yeah, true, um, that no amount of uh, dissension oh,
0: Gosh, left. man! So that, that's one all. of those.
2: If the shoe fits, I guess you better lace it yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, you know? man.
0: I mean, what what's your problem with that? If if, if you <laughs> believe in the sufficiency of Scripture and you don't hold to any of those things. Who who cares? Like, what about this comment? Do you want to fight? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah. 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 And, right now, now, what's interesting is is, is is I think me five years ago, I would have responded to each comment. I just liked each one of them. <laughs> yeah. Funny, it was like, 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 like. I have moved beyond that and respond in gifts. It's so much more fun. <laughs> That's right. You do. I've seen it. Um,
1: you can I've be like, it. I don't know. It's not me making that funny face.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man. Hold, hold, hold the scripture people. It, 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 I tell you what it, it life would, life, life would be so much easier for all of us if we would just be obedient. Um, so, uh, so going back to our text uh, verse 16, uh, if the first piece of dough, and this is where Paul starts using some metaphors again, that master teacher, right? The apostle Paul, if the first piece of dough is holy, the lump is also, and if the root is holy, the branches are two. So the, the, the first piece there is, uh, it, it, in the Greek, it, it, translates into first fruit, best fruit. Okay. Um, and, and, and a couple of, the, one of the commentaries that I read, uh, you know, they said that this, this is referring to, uh, you know, the first fruit, uh, as far as the nation, Israel, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and, uh, and, and the reminder of, and of course the metaphor here is for leaven, uh, in, 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 in bread, right? So a small amount of leaven makes the whole loaf rise. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and so that's, that's what Paul's get. If the first piece of dough is holy, the lump is also, it's the little bit of leaven that, uh, that, that causes the loaf to rise, right? A rising tide lifts all boats is another way you could say that. Um, and that rising tide of course is, uh, what God has done through the forefathers in the nation Israel through uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and, and and what we read in the Old Testament. Um, so God did use the nation Israel. And as Paul has belabored here, is even using Israel through their rejection. Um, but, but as he's moving through the second metaphor, uh, is when he's starting to uncover uh, some arrogance and some pride uh, that was, was presuming something more, uh, th- than the truth, uh, as far as what the Gentiles were, um, were, uh, were, were, were seeing there. So, um, but he says the root, right? Also the root is holy, um, mm. and the, the branches are two, right? So the root there is the origin, okay? The source, the cause, um right. and if the source is then the branches are and is uh presently as well um uh holy okay so th- this is again paul is it, through metaphor referring to the elect remnant he is referring to uh, what has started in Abraham, the promises that, and we don't have time to dive into all that tonight, but the promises that, that, and I did through Genesis though, um, uh, the promises that God made through Abraham and what God would do through Abraham. Um, and, uh, and, and so we see that. And so he continues in verse 17, he says, but if some of the branches were broken off and you being a wild olive were grafted in among them and became partaker with them of the rich root of the olive tree. Now there's a lot here in this verse. There is so much here. Okay. So first, but if some of the branches, right, remember the root being, uh, Abraham, right? The root being what, what is stemmed from the nation Israel. Some of the branches were broken off, right? So the broken off here is the disobedient apostate Jews. All right. That were the branches that were broken off, snapped off because of the apostasy, because of their rejection and the rebellion. But you, and he, remember he said, he's talking to the Gentiles, right? Verse 13, but I'm speaking to you as who are Gentiles, but you being a wild olive, not natural were grafted in brought in again that passive that you have to be brought by someone or something to be grafted into this tree all right um you were brought in among them again the elect God's chosen people and became partaker with them um, of the rich root of the olive tree now here's the thing about the olive tree All right. Uh, And my wife loves olive trees. Uh, When they, when she was growing up in California, they had an olive tree in their front yard. Uh, Fun story. When they moved to Georgia, uh, my wife was 12. She climbed up in the olive tree and refused to come down. Her dad had to climb up in the tree and get her down because she didn't want to leave. Uh, So, so, um, so olive trees were one of the most important, if not the most important uh, product that you've, that you found in the old Testament. All right. It was, it was the most durable tree. It had deep roots, long life, very, very long life. So the fact that he is, uh, referring to and using the metaphor of the olive tree is a big deal. Um, and R.C. Sproul in his commentary on Romans, um, uh, really did talk about this. Um, and he said this quote, Uh, The precious precious olive oil that came from olives that grew on the olive trees uh, were very valuable in the land of Palestine. Um, Now, check this out, okay? This is just, I'm just gonna read this. This blew me away, and I love the way R.C. used to do stuff like this. Um, He says, the Mount of Olives separates the village of Bethany from the city of Jerusalem. When Jesus went to Gethsemane, when he agonized in prayer, the night before he was executed, the slope of the mountain between Bethany and Jerusalem was covered with olive trees. One of the tragedies of Jewish history is the felling of those trees. During the Roman siege of Jerusalem in AD 70, the Romans encamped on the mountain, Mount of Olives and waited for the resources of food and water to dry up within the city. They kept warm by cutting down those olive trees using the tree branches to build fires. The Mount of Olives was completely uh, denuded of olive trees by the Roman soldiers. Nevertheless, the symbol of strength and durability to the Jew was the olive trees. And then he goes on to say that other olive trees grew wild. They, they did not bear any fruit. They were worthless. They were giant weeds, basically. And. Um, and, and 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 that's how Paul describes the Gentiles, mm-hmm. right? W- worthless, mm-hmm. giant weeds, um, branches that were broken off, and you being a, uh, through the branches that were broken off, you being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them. So God,
1: see, I really feel like the the word wild olive would be a good tattoo idea. I- <laughs> <laughs> wild. <laughs> Wild, right, right, like a wild olive tramp stamp.
0: Wow, (laughs) we just (laughs) took a massive (laughs) left turn.
1: Man, born to be Uh, wild, like born to be wild. Oh my gosh, (laughs) (laughs) just looking for my Popeye. Yeah,
0: wow, olive oil, (sighs) blow me down. Sorry, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, how do you recover? Uh, you
1: know, I <laughs> we all go get the tattoo. I don't oh, know. Oh, hey, there we go. <laughs>
0: uh, wow. So so God, uh, you know, RC said goes on to say that that, that God cut off the branches uh, of the precious, durable, valuable olive tree and made a graft. And the graft he put on the tree was taken from the wild worthless olive trees that that could not be commended to God. And, and 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 paul says that you became a partaker uh, you became a partaker of the root uh and the mm-hmm. fatness of the olive tree mm-hmm. um the, us us wild <laughs> wild olives uh, uh those wild <laughs> olive branches were they, they were they were plugged into the root right which which uh and, and i love the way uh, this is what rc spent i'm just going to read this this is awesome quote these spindly worthless wild olive branches were plugged into the root from which they get the sap, the nutrient and the nutrients. The grafted branches draw everything valuable from the root of the cultivated olive tree. Salvation is of the Jews and we must never forget that close quote. Mm. So there we go. Yeah, And that's, uh, and in this next section, uh, that we're going to talk about next time is, uh, is is kind of the death blow to anti-semitism uh and in mm-hmm. my opinion one of the very uh, many 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 places in scripture that is the death blow to any sort of racism or perceived racism mm-hmm. uh is is going to be is going to be coming up uh in this next section 18 through 24 mm-hmm. um oh, yeah. so that's all i've got i know i did a lot of talking so but man this is no, incredible, that's good this section's incredible, y'all.
2: Hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's uh that's good. Good stuff. Yeah. It's a good exposition of the scripture and yeah. valuable applications for our lives today.
1: Yeah. I'd like to make make one one tiny point. And I think I think it, it's helpful as we're studying this to keep this in mind. Because I know that my mind can sometimes go in this arena is um <laughs> The Gentiles were not plan B. That's right.
2: Right.
1: right? The Gentiles were not a fallback plan if the Jews didn't accept Christ. Right. Right. right? We need to be very clear in that this is the order that God sovereignly designed his salvation Mm, to go forth. Right. right? It was first to the Jews, Mm -hmm. then to the Gentiles. Right. It wasn't, oh, the Jews rejected my son. They crucified him. Fine. We'll send it to the Gentiles instead. Mm -hmm. Right, it was always a plan That's right. to show yeah. God's love through adoption, yeah. Yeah. right, and bringing us into His family, Amen. bringing us into the fold based on no merit of yeah. our own, only the merits of Christ and His work alone, right. So, as we're going through this, I know it can sometimes seem like, well, the Gentiles—it seems right. like, it seems like, it seems like they got the leftovers, right? And no, it's the same merit; it's the same salvation. We are portioned just as much, uh, as the elect, uh, the elect in Israel, uh, it is the same Christ,
0: the same salvation. Right. right? So uh, a hundred percent correct, man. That is absolutely true. There is no plan a right. It is just the plan. It it is just the plan. Right. 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 And and this was the plan. This was the plan the entire time, you know, Uh, uh, you, you see references to this and references to the Gentiles, um. Uh. In, in. In. It. The. The Old Testament. Early in the Old Testament. But remember, this was the plan pre temporal. This was before the foundation of the world. That. The, there was never a hiccup. There was never. A, oh man. God didn't go. He's not sitting up there just like Corey asprey says, hoping that someone's sitting up there waiting to choose him in return. Like no, no, it, no. no. He's sitting up there going, I'm in what control a, and powerful. What a week, God. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. Don't yeah. get me started on him. Uh. Uh. Yeah. So, uh no. I will. Mm, uh, so that was it. This was God's plan. Mm-hmm. This was mm-hmm. his plan f- for all of eternity. And, and that that's is right. so, uh, you know, our finite minds can, can not comprehend the, the gravity, uh, of that, right. but Josh, that's a hundred percent correct. And that's a good yeah. call out, man. And that's, we, we, we've been trying to make sure we, we, we say that too. And, um, mm-hmm. but dude,
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. I just know I just know that my mind can sometimes Oh mine too. And because our minds are finite. We 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 view things in the lenses that we understand. That's right. right. And us as humans, because of how our minds work, we function in plan A's, plan B's, right. plan V's. Right. Uh, you know, you know, backup plans. And we need to pull our especially when talking about these deep truths, pull ourselves out of the tunnel vision that we can mm-hmm. get when viewing scripture through the lens of our knowledge and start viewing these truths through the lens of who God is and that blows the truths up and makes them puts them on the plane that they need to be understanded in. Amen. Right. So I'm excited about next, uh, next time guys that I think uh, applying the gospel, especially in 2019 right now, applying the gospel to racism and uh, calling out that, That hellish sin, uh, oh, man, it's going to be good stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah. um, It's going to be good stuff. Yeah, and if you're listening to this uh, before we record that episode, which uh, will be in the next week, uh, uh, sometime after December 2nd, pray for us um, and and pray for us as we prepare for that because that's a very sensitive subject. And uh, as – you know what? It's not any more sensitive than anything else you find in Scripture, to be honest. um, But from a practical standpoint – uh, in today's world, it is a mm-hmm. it is a hot topic. Uh, so just pray that we yeah. would be faithful to the text and mm-hmm. uh, faithful to what mm-hmm. God's word says about that and um, well and that
1: and that the gospel will remain Amen. center and in That's the right. front mm-hmm. yeah. right because if you, if the gospel, whatever issue you're dealing with, racism, abortion, uh, you know roles in church, roles in marriage, whatever it is, if the gospel is primary and the gospel is out front, you'll be fine there you go. There it is. Yeah,
0: Booyah. I like
1: it.
2: There it is. Well, that's going to do it for this episode, Romans 11, part four. Make. I got to go get a new tattoo. I just had an idea. <laughs> oh, yeah, let, let us know.
1: Wild let, olives. Let, let us know how that turns out. <clears throat> oh no, no, we're all getting it together. Oh. We're we're, <laughs> we're doing a meetup halfway in Kansas City, and we're all going to go
2: get. It. <laughs> uh yeah i mean why not <laughs> i have i've been to kansas city once and i actually did like it yeah it was, okay it nice hey, you know we'll look at that. but anyways before josh <laughs> says something else <laughs> uh yeah it's fair we're gonna get out of <laughs> here catch us again on uh when we come back for part five yeah bye Later. it's gonna be good bye bye